This is our first session on Ephesians 5, 31 to 33, and I know that verse 31 was included in the previous session, but it belongs here as well, so I'm going to have an overlap. Therefore, a man shall leave his father and mother and hold fast to his wife, and the two shall become one flesh. This mystery is great, and I am saying that it refers to Christ and the church. However, let each one of you also love his wife as himself, and let the wife see that she fears her husband. So, Father, as we move into the understanding of this one flesh here, as it relates to this mystery and what's gone before, open our eyes so that our thoughts and our hearts, our affections are elevated concerning the glories of marriage, and we don't debase it in any way. I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Let me remind you about this therefore here by backing up and seeing what comes just before verse 31. Therefore a man shall leave. Wherefore? No one ever hated his own flesh, but nourishes and cherishes it. So husbands should nourish and cherish their wife as their own bodies, just as Christ nourishes and cherishes the church because we are members of his body. Therefore, marriage was conceived and created. This is Genesis 2.24. And what I'm drawing your attention to, which we have seen already, is that we should not think like this. God sent Jesus into the world, and he died, and by dying, he redeemed for himself a people, and then God looks around and says, I want to make this clear and understandable and find an analogy. What analogy shall I find? Oh, there's one. Let's use marriage. It it didn't happen like that. (laughs) No, marriage came into being when human beings came into being in Genesis 2.24, and the therefore here signifies that the meaning of Genesis 2.24 followed from the fact that in the mind of God, Christ had a bride. He had it from all eternity, and that's why when he gets to verse 32, he says, this is a mystery. Well, what, what, what's the mystery? This had never been revealed before. Nobody in the Old Testament knew that the meaning of marriage was Messiah will come, will die by his blood, will uh, obtain a, a bride, a people. So the therefore is marriage in its most fundamental meaning is a portrayal of the covenant relationship between Christ and his people. Now, my question here is, what does one flesh mean? Therefore, a man shall leave his father and mother and hold fast to his wife, and the two shall become one flesh. That mystery is great. What is that? Let me point you to two passages to fill it out. First, 
Jesus on marriage. Jesus answered, Have you not read that he who created them from the beginning made them male and female and said, and he quotes Genesis 2.24. This is really fundamental. Therefore a man shall leave his father and his mother and hold fast to his wife, and the two shall become one flesh, so they are no longer two, but one flesh. And then he adds this. What, therefore, God has joined together, let not man separate. From which I infer this one flesh is an act of God in marriage by which he joins two human beings, two people, a man and a woman, together, together into one flesh. So the first thing we can say about one flesh is it's a work of God. If you ask where I locate it, I locate it in the covenant-taking vows in marriage. Here is another very illuminating text that relates the one flesh to sexual relations. Paul, in 1 Corinthians 6, 13. Actually, I think I'm at verse 15 here. I knocked off two verses, yeah. So this is verse 15. Do you not know that your bodies, your Christian bodies, are members of Christ? So my arms are the arms of Christ, legs, members of Christ, eyes, eyes of Christ, sexual organs, male and female, members of Christ, Christ's sexual organs. Shall I then take the members of Christ? And here he's, he's talking about sexual organs because they're going to be joined to a prostitute. Shall I then take the members of Christ and make them members of a prostitute? I mean, that's assuming a lot, isn't it? Like, what do you mean? Making them members? Like, I become one body with a prostitute? What what are you talking about, Paul? Never, never let that happen. Fornication is abhorrent. For a Christian, even more so than a non believer, because of this relationship to Christ. And here he explains Do you not know that he who is joined to a prostitute becomes one body with her, hence making them members of a prostitute? And then he grounds that in Genesis 2.24. This is a fundamental text, isn't it? For as it is written, the two shall become one flesh. So that's his ground for saying that if you have sex as a Christian with a prostitute, you are making the members, the sexual organs of Christ, one body or one flesh with a prostitute. He who is joined to the Lord becomes one spirit with him, flee sexual immorality. That's a very powerful argument. It puts sexual relations on a wholly different footing than merely, oh, outside marriage you shouldn't have sex. This is a profound picture. It needs to be taught to the church. 
our arms and legs and eyes and ears and feet and fingers and sexual organs as Christians belong to Christ. They are his. And therefore, this picture, the two shall become one flesh, pictures sexual intercourse. So that's the second thing to say. From Genesis 19, we saw that becoming one flesh flesh is an act of God by which he reckons two humans to be one. And now we see that one flesh means sexual intercourse, the man entering the woman, the woman folding in the man, a very profound physical unification. And the reason we shouldn't do it with a prostitute is because it's horrific, it's abominable to take the members of Christ into a brothel and make Christ sleep with a prostitute. Here's the question. If it's so wrong to take the members of Christ and make them one body or one flesh with another being when they belong to Christ, Why wouldn't he say, your members are members of Christ, therefore don't make them members of your wife? That's idolatry, to make your members members of another human being when they are members of Christ. So don't make your members members of of your wife. Don't become one flesh with your wife. Don't become one body with your wife because your members belong to Christ. Why wouldn't he argue like that? And you know the answer. The answer is in this therefore and in this mystery. The mystery of the meaning of Genesis 2.24 is great. And I am saying it refers to Christ and the church. Just as the therefore pointed back to Christ, his body the church being nourished by himself. So here's the answer. The reason it is not wrong to take, for a man or a woman, to take their members, their sexual organs, which belong to Christ, and make them members of each other through holding fast to each other and becoming one flesh with each other in sexual intercourse And by God's decree, the reason it's not wrong is because marriage was conceived and created precisely as the one beautiful, glorious place where the exquisite joy between Christ and the church in their spiritual union is to be displayed dramatized, portrayed for the world. See, that's a profound meaning for marriage, which is why the ESV translates this word profound, (laughs) and I changed it to great. Maybe I shouldn't have. We'll talk about that next time.